Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for working women, where each week we cover the latest headlines the businesswoman needs to know, and we chat to boss women making an impact in their industry. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld. Hello, Working Girl Talk gang. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to episode 76 of Working Girl Talk. I am so excited about today's episode. So we have no news this week because I think we've all had enough news and we want to get straight to the episode today. I am so excited about today's guest. Have you ever struggled with the legalities of your business or your side hustle? Or have you wondered how to protect your business, your name, or your product? If so, then this episode is for you. And even if you haven't thought about those things, you probably should be thinking about them. So this episode is still for you and for anyone else that is interested in the legalities of business or is interested in becoming a professional in the legal field. Today's episode, we have Taylor of Illegal Miga with us and it is filled with so much knowledge. Taylor is a lawyer turned entrepreneur that helps business owners set themselves up for legal success. In this episode, we cover her career journey, talking about how she went from corporate legal to starting Legal Mega, and tips for somebody who is starting a business, where to even start, because there is so many questions that come along with that. We talk a lot about trademarks. That is a topic that I'm super interested in, and we all need to be interested in because we want to protect our names, our business, our courses. We want that protection. And we also talk about website terms and conditions, why you should have them on your site and how to get them. Legal Miga has amazing resources. Her Instagram provides so much value and that is free. She also has so many awesome products, Legal Miga library, so many great templates for legal items and Legal Miga is so helpful. I'm super excited about this episode. Please enjoy my conversation with Taylor. So we are so excited on Working Girl Talk today. We have Taylor with us from Legal Mega. Taylor, we're so excited to have you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. You were like, like you have such good vibes, energy. I was, Amelia was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. We love that. We're all about the good vibes here. So we love that. Bring the good energy. So we are so excited to talk to you today. We need help. We, we want to know all about legal and we need the tips from you. So you are going to be an amazing guest here today. So, but before we start, I would love to talk about your career journey because I know that every overnight success took many, many years. So let's go all the way back just to get a brief intro about you. So where did you grow up? Did you ever see yourself owning your own business? Did you ever see yourself becoming a lawyer, getting in the legal field? I love when people ask if I if I had planned on owning my own business, because I'm always like, no, never. I never wanted to, and nobody ever believes me, and I don't know why. <laughs> um, I went to I went to undergrad at college on the East Coast. I played softball my entire life, so I got recruited to play softball at Penn. And then I came back home to go to law school, um, homes in Los Angeles. So I went to law school here for three years. I always just wanted to go work for a law firm, never want the responsibility of like handling my own firm. The stress and liability of handling your own business was never of interest to me. Um, and I even had a lot of friends that were like, hey, what if we 
I practice in this area and you like this area, like maybe we can do something together. I was like, nope, sorry, thank you for the longest time. And then I came out of law school, worked in civil litigation, just like basic, like personal injury, real estate, some business litigation. And I did not like it, but I just figured that most attorneys don't like their jobs when they come out of law school. So I was like, this is maybe normal. Um, and then I continued not to like that area of the law for like three, four years. And I was like, okay, this is probably no longer just, I don't like this area of the law. This is like something else I need to figure out. So right around the time that I was kind of testing out, like, do I even want to be a lawyer anymore? I was very seriously considering like interior design, <laughs> um, just like wanted to venture out. I had a friend that opened a Pilates studio and she asked me for help. And I was like, yes, of course. And I just, it just connected in, in a way that I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, you know, when you get those feelings that you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's exactly what I felt. And I was like, I got to figure this out. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my law degree. That is so awesome. Was there any like fear that came with that? Like a part of you that was like, oh no, I just want to stay in my comfort zone. Oh yeah, a lot. <laughs> but I did, I did some research along the way of like seeing this area of the law, seeing if other attorneys were successful. Because I think my main fears were like, am I going to have clients? Am I going to make money? And of course the fear of just opening up a business and not knowing anything or not knowing how to do that. Um, Cause I think people look at like anyone that opens a business and they think like, Oh, they really, like, really know what they're doing. And it's like, no, you know, like your craft and you know, your industry, but there's so much other stuff that goes into opening up a business that it's like, everyone's just learning along the way. It's so true. And I like that mindset because Owning a business, even if it's like how big or small, you are wearing so many different hats. Your HR, your marketing, it can be easy to be like, oh, they, they know it all, but chances are probably not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, uh, I know legal stuff, but all, like marketing, email funnels, like I had no idea what the heck any of that was. And the people just started talking to me about it. And I'm like, hold on, can you go, like, go back? I don't know what that was. <laughs> I did most of everything on my own for probably like six months. And then I just, I know that marketing is not my strong suit. So I hired somebody to help me, Shannon, social punk. Love Shannon. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. That, that, cause that just is an area that I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not quote unquote good at selling. So she's been super helpful. And then I'm like slowly, you know, hiring people here and there to help with projects, but it's, it's a lot when you start a business. From the start to what Legal Mega is now, I'm sure it looks a lot different. So like, how has it evolved? I, because I don't come from like a business background, I kind of did it backwards of like, I knew the, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew the product I wanted to sell or the services I wanted to sell, but I didn't know like the branding around it. So the name for Legal Mega, I just thought of it and I was like, okay, I just need to slap a name on something. And so I can get it out there so people know what it is. Um, and Legal Mega first started as a legal services subscription program 
where I have one-on-one -on -one clients that pay a monthly fee to be able to access me to ask any and every legal question that they have, basically allowing a business owner to have an attorney kind of on call like a, a big business would have, but usually you're paying your attorney like lots and lots of money. It's an affordable, accessible um, membership where it works for both of us. Like I don't have to bill by the hour. The clients don't have to pay like every time I pick up a phone call. So it's, that was really awesome. I knew that there's a couple other attorneys and people in the legal space that are working on subscription memberships. So I was like, that's how I want to structure it. And then I just kind of slapped the name on it <laughs> and people really liked it. And they started calling me by Legal Mia instead of my name. Like people didn't know my name. And I was like, oh, I guess this is what like a brand is. <laughs> so I really like that. It's been really fun. Um, but yeah, that's kind of taken off into now the Legal Mega Library, which is a separate um, educational platform for business owners that's even more accessible than a one-on-one -on -one relationship with me. Um, the library is like an all-access place for courses and legal templates and things like that that business owners can access if, you know, the budget for legal isn't huge. It's something to have in place and it's way better than having nothing in place. It's not quite yet having an attorney on call, but it's getting the protections in place that you need from the start. Which I love because I feel like right now, especially that, and maybe I'm just more aware of it. I feel like more and more people are like starting businesses or side hustles that are like generating money, but mm -hmm. you don't have like, oh, like I don't need a legal team or I don't have the funds for that. So that's so nice and accessible that you offer like different levels of like wherever you kind of fit into that. So love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. The, I have a, I, I, I have a really, I know a lot of people say this, I have a really hard time saying no. <laughs> so when I would talk to clients and they'd be like, the only thing stopping me is the fees or how much I would need to pay you. I was like, okay, now we have to find a solution for this because I can't just send these people off without anything. Yes. Which yeah. I think that's actually a good learning lesson too, because I think in this space of like wanting to have a community, we do want to offer like free information, but you do need to like charge and whatever, whatever charging looks like at some point, because you need to make money too. Yeah. Yeah. That's another hard thing. Like running a business, you, and like as women, we really want to help everyone, but we have to have a successful business. We have to be able to charge too. That's another huge learning curve of like, you can't do everything for free and you can only give so much of your time to people. It's so, so true. And just for anyone listening, your Instagram account offers so much free advice and content as well. So if somebody is like, maybe doesn't have funds, at least go follow Legal Mega because the content there is popping. Thank you. <laughs> I spend way too much time on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. We all do. <laughs> I know you can't give like specifics because there's so many different elements of what a business looks like for people, but just in general, somebody who maybe has a side hustle that is like successful, maybe it's starting to make money or they have a small business, but they don't have anything legal set up. What would be like the first thing you would recommend for them to do? My top three are usually taking a look at your, just your business itself. Um, starting a side hustle, having a side business, 
depending on how much you're bringing in, um, as far as revenue, <clears throat> there's, you know, kind of like a threshold where we have to start considering, like, I know that this may not be your full-time job, but this is still a business. Like you have a side business. It's, it's a lot of people like, not like to, but downplay what it is they're working on and doing when in reality, it, they're running a business. It just so happens to be like in the evenings or in the free time. So looking at if we need to legally protect the entity itself, and sometimes that looks like forming a quick LLC. For small businesses, usually we're not looking at starting a corporation necessarily yet, but that's another thing we can start looking into with the side businesses. Does it need legal protection? Because depending on how risky the business is, like a business that's doing like face topical cream is going to be more risky than someone that's selling clothing. So we have to start looking at, do we want to protect ourselves in the event something bad happens, somebody has a reaction, et cetera. So looking at, you know, potentially LLC or liability concerns. And then number two is trademark, looking into, you know, what did we name the business? What logo are we working with? Anything surrounding the branding of the business, we have to make sure that no one else owns the rights to what we're using or owns the rights to something similar to what we're using because that could cause trademark infringement. That could mean we could potentially have to rebrand down the line. So if we are investing into a business, especially when it comes to like marketing, spending lots of dollars there, we got to make sure that like this name, we have it, we can use it and it's protected. And then lastly, just looking at basic intro contracts of you know, are we a service provider? Do we have one-on-one -on -one clients? Let's make sure that that relationship is in writing all the time, whether that's like a template contract that we use and shoot out to every single client, or if we're somebody that's selling products online, we got to make sure we have bare minimum or protecting like the refund policy, return policy, having all the terms and conditions on the website in the event somebody has an issue with a product or like a payment dispute or something like that. So just the bare minimum type of things to make sure we don't have any troubles later on. And usually people come to me after they've had an issue with one of those three types of areas. So that's kind of why I narrow them down to like, these are the basic, basic. There's always extra protections you can put into play. Those are usually the basic things. Love that. So guys, listen, that's like the gold moment right there. Make sure go see, do you have all those three things in place? <laughs> uh, so good to think about. And I want to dive into trademarks a little bit more because that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't know. I don't know. So that's why we have you here. So I guess what can you trademark and how, like, can you just give us like a rundown of how that works? Like what can you trademark? Who should trademark? Like should the smallest business try to trademark or is it just if you have like a universal brand, all the things? <laughs> yes. Great questions. Um, so when we're looking at trademark protection, that's where we start looking at how to protect our business name, our logo, any like slogans that are highly associated with our brand. And that could be something that you're building before you start a business, like you're working on the business name or the logo, or even if you already had like a side business or, or a full-time business and your business name is still your business name, like there is no point in time where it's too late 
we should always do earlier than later. And the reason for that is because as a trademark attorney, my main concerns are getting it cleared for you and then protecting it. And that clearance aspect, I think, is a little misunderstood by business owners because they think like, oh, I have to wait until I'm making like X amount of money in order to be able to get the trademark or that's when I should invest in it. And depending on what type of budget you've allocated to like the legal aspects, I totally understand. But the importance of getting it cleared early is so that if we find out like year one or year two that you're still building your business, but we've picked a name that's not going to be able to be protected, that's going to suck if we have to rebrand and get a name change or in a worse scenario, if we get hit with a cease and desist letter, once a big company finds us and sees like, hey, you're using our name, stop using it, destroy all your products. I don't want to see you using it anymore. We're going to take you to court. And there's been, I mean, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. It just kind of depends on the aggressiveness level of the trademark owners out there. But bigger businesses are monitoring their trademarks they are pretty much just waiting for you to make enough money sometimes so that they can come after you because it's not worth it to them to come after like a brand new baby business. But once you have established yourself, you're one, you're two, that's when they start coming after you because they know you have the legal or the funds to, to invest in an attorney and that's when they can start asking for money. So it's, um, it's just good to get it cleared ahead of time. And then once we clear it, we're like, let's green light protect it so that we can be the only business that can use this name, this logo, et cetera, for what we sell. Love that. And there's that quote that's like, I don't know the exact quote, but it's like, oh, like act like you are the biggest that you have a million followers, even when you don't type of thing, Mm -hmm. because you don't know, like what if like you went viral overnight and you needed those legal protections. So it's better just to have it ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's interesting because some business owners that I talk to that are like already year one, year two, that they're like just now feeling like they have enough street cred to start looking into a trademark and they're questioning like, do I need this? I'm like, yes, let's do it ASAP. (laughs) And then some business owners are like, they've barely just started. They've picked a name and they're like, am I allowed to use this name? And it's all about kind of like the mindset of, you know, understanding what the trademark does for you and what it can do for you um, and giving you that like peace of mind. Because even before I started Legal Mega, I was like, I need to get the trademark filed so I know that I can use it so I can build on this if I want to. Um, That was like my first thing to get taken care of. But I know it's as a business owner, there's a lot of investments that we're making trademark is minimum just to get one filed it's like minimum 225 so it's not it's not super super expensive but it's not like something that is like 10 bucks that is we don't even think about so I know a lot of the legal stuff is an investment but some of it's like let's just get this taken care of yes love that so two questions for you for researching if somebody else has your name should you just like google it or do you have like a tip on where to find that like if anyone's using your name yeah the register with the uspto which is the united states patent and trademark office that is like our little gold mine of where we go research and see if someone owns a trademark or has applied for 
a trademark. The USPTO is the federal registry of like, once you get it registered, that's like your official trademark. But trademark law spans past federal. There's like common law trademarks as well. So when I help clients searching, we always check the, the USPTO.gov. They have a search engine there that we can search. And then I also help with like a more comprehensive search to make sure that, you know, is someone else using this name in a different state who may have common law rights to it? If that's going to be a problem down the line, we should know ahead of time. Uh, but a great, a great place to start is the USPTO.gov. Because if you see somebody that has your name there and it's for the same type of products or services that you sell, that's a major red flag. And usually that's kind of where we stop if we see someone else has your name. Um, but that's, that's, yeah, that's the first place I would go. Cool. That, that makes so much sense. And I love that tip. So guys write that down. <laughs> um, and my other question for you was, could somebody do this on their own if they wanted to? I feel like already just having like legal help, like a, somebody like you help you would be way better. But if somebody didn't and they just wanted to embark on this journey by themselves, can you? Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to have an attorney help you file. People file on their own all the time. The only instance that the trademark office now prevents you from filing on your own is if you are living outside of the United States, if you're a foreign applicant. But otherwise, anybody can go file on their own. People do it all the time. Working with an attorney will help you understand the risks a little bit more. They'll help you be able to anticipate potential refusals will help you be able to strategize, you know, what should go on the application. We'll tell you definitely if there's a name out there that we're like, this is not going to get through and we'll let you know. Um, but yeah, people file on their own all the time. I have clients that, you know, we talk on the phone and they want to just file on their own. I understand that it is again, an investment because the filing fee for the trademark is like 225. But the minute you start working with someone, whether that's like a legal Zoom or like an attorney, the prices just get more and more expensive. But you're paying kind of, you get what you pay for. So, so, and some people are, some people file and they get through and their application looks good and they get registered and it's awesome. But some people have a little bit more of a complex trademark that kind of just depends sometimes. Last question on trademarks, because I could talk to you forever about this. They're um, so fun. <laughs> you trade, like do multiple trademarks, like your logo, your name, or is one trademark for your name enough for like everything under that? If your logo is basically just like a stylized version of your business name, like if, if um, it's just like pretty font with some colors, usually if you're just starting out, let's just get the name done first because the trademark office requires you to apply separately for the name, what they call the word mark versus the design mark. So that would be like what it actually looks like. Um, if your logo though, if I couldn't tell that they were connected, your name and your logo, then I usually advise do both at the same time because they're, they're both so different. You're not going to be able to protect one. They're not going to overlap basically. Um, but that said, the pushback is sometimes like, this is a lot more expensive. Usually the best way to go is to get the, the business name first because people stick with that longer. Logos get changed way more often. Okay. That makes so much sense. The example I was thinking of is like a Nike. Like if you saw the mm -hmm. swish, that does not say Nike. Like what is that? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, I think, sure. and I don't know, I feel like, I hope that this is true. Nike has such a cool story where they like commission somebody to do the logo for it. This is another important thing with trademarks. Anytime you have somebody creating a logo for you, um, you always want to make sure that you have it in writing that they've transferred the rights back to you. Because if someone creates that logo for you, and they like a graphic designer and they don't transfer the rights back and you go to apply and you have the trademark now, there's potential for a dispute there that you actually don't own the trademark. Whoever created it legally owns it. And I think, I think that that, so Nike commissioned someone, but, and they paid them of course, but like, I know people have a lot of, uh, designers and things that work with them to create the logo. And like, usually if you're working with a professional, there's an agreement that says like we're transferring the rights, but sometimes if people don't have that agreement, those rights lie with the original creator. So we got to make sure we get those transferred back over. Wow. Great tip. I didn't even think about that. So great to know, cause that would be really sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It usually doesn't like this, the smaller businesses, like these type of disputes usually don't happen, but our goal is to like make money be well-known. And once we start making more money, that's when people come out of the woodworks and like, Hey, I made that logo for you. Like, where's my, where's my kickback? Like I still own that, you know? Right. Yeah. So good to be thinking about. And can you have, I guess, so you can have multiple trademarks, like your name, your logo. Would you ever trademark? Like if you had a course or like a, I don't know, like something a little more obscure than that. Like, do people have like mm -hmm. multiple for their whole business setup? Yeah. The, the bigger you kind of go and it's really just about budget because the bigger businesses have more money to just like throw at the trademarks, but you can like the name of a course, um, or the name of like a line of clothing, if it is something that's unique enough and not descriptive, uh, you can absolutely trademark those things because then you can own that name for that like course or for that line of clothing or something like that. So there's like big brand level trademarks and then there's like smaller level brand trademarks where if you have brands within your brand, you can trademark all that stuff. Very, very cool. Okay, guys, great to know. Now we have trademarks on our brain. <laughs> Let's go get some trademarks. Um, before we head into the Working Girl Talk Top 10, I wanted to ask you about website terms and conditions because I think this is an overlooked part of websites because now like websites, is, it's so easy. We have like WordPress, Squarespace, you can just make a website. So what are website terms and conditions and why do we need them? Website terms and conditions, I'm going to lump those with privacy policy too. Cool. Um, <laughs> those are like the two package deal, like one, two punch for your website, regardless of what you're selling or what you're doing. Um, and anytime you go to anybody's website, you'll see like at the bottom privacy policy, like terms and conditions, and then a bunch of other stuff, depending on what the business says. But the privacy policy is the thing that notifies your website visitor or website user what information you're collecting about them. So anytime we're collecting an email address for like a subscriber list, or anytime we make sales on our website and we're collecting names and like credit card numbers, we legally have to tell the customer, user, et cetera, what we're collecting and why. 
um, and privacy policy is like mandatory. We have to we have to tell people what we're collecting from them. The terms and conditions, on the other hand, are more like your contract with your website user and anybody that comes to your website. So that's where you're going to have things like refund policy, return policy, um, your policies around like do you allow kids under a certain age on your website? Um, you know, we can't always prevent stuff like that, but if we have things on our website where it's like a 10 year old should not be on our website, that's where we want to put something like that. Um, the, the terms and conditions are basically your only way to create a contract with your website user. And you're probably like, why do I need a contract with them? because if they're coming onto your website and you're offering them something, like you have a duty to them to make sure that there's certain things on your website that if they have an issue with, they have to know about ahead of time. And I think the big one for business owners is usually like a refund policy, return policy. A lot of the payment processors now are requiring that if there's a dispute and if you don't have your terms up, they're gonna be like, sorry, like we don't, we're not even going to consider your side because you didn't provide terms before purchase. So this customer had no idea of what was going on. So we have to be able to enforce our own policies. So we have to have those up. Okay. I love that. We definitely need to protect ourselves because that to me is what that all was. Like we just need to protect ourselves and our website. Um, so if somebody doesn't have either of those, like, where would you recommend they look? I know you offer some templates for that. Like, can you just like Google it? I feel like that could be a little scary, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like where to find these? Yeah, total. It's like a total spectrum. Um, you can Google them and find them. Most of the, I know that Shopify, I think provides you with a template for privacy policy, maybe terms and conditions. Also a lot of the bigger selling platforms i think now provide them to you um they of course like disclaim them and say like this isn't legal advice but it's that if you are offered them like take them and put them up um especially by your platform um some of the smaller platforms don't allow them so you can just google if you want but if if they look like one paragraph that's not enough the, the <laughs> ones that um like I have that I make for my clients and that the, the library, the legal media library has their a good amount of, you know, they're like four or five pages of a, a word document that we fill in with your specific business information. So they got, they're pretty meaty. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So we have a few different options there to look for, but I think it's so important that we all make sure we are safe and protected. Love that. <laughs> so let's dive in to the working girl talk top 10. And so these are just quick questions for us to get to know you a little better and either a little fun. Okay. First one, my first job ever. Banana Republic. I worked, I, but I wasn't like a cashier, nothing. I, I literally was so shy and I was, I'm still pretty introverted. So I asked specifically if I could work in the back stock room because <laughs> I just like didn't want to talk to people and have to have like small talk. I just, I'm terrible at small talk. <laughs> An essential part of my morning routine is? It usually has been journaling. I've been lagging a little bit on that, but just like that journaling on my iPad has been very 
relieving of stress recently. I started during COVID quarantine-ish. So that's been that's been really awesome, especially with like anything stressful. Once it's true, like once you write it out, you're like, oh, that's not that bad. <laughs> Just kind of like deal with it. I'm obsessed with blank right now. So anything you're obsessed with, food, a show, a product, whatever you're obsessed with. Um, the Dodgers. Ooh, awesome. Yep. I am hoping that they win the World Series. I, I'm going to cry if they don't. This has been too long. <laughs> <laughs> A girl boss that I look up to. I'm probably going to have to go with Shannon from Social Bungo. She helps me a lot. I really appreciate when anyone has taken their, because I know she used to work in corporate, anyone that's taken their industry expertise and then started their own business and then applied it in a way that helps other business owners, specifically female business owners, because I think that's, I just think it's so cool. So I, I'm trying to kind of do that with legal. She does it with like marketing. I'm trying to do that with legal where it's like we give access to something that typically you would have to pay somebody a lot, a lot of money for, but it's just like, why are we, why is there such a gatekeeping aspect around some of this stuff? Like to share it. Love it. Shannon is definitely a girl boss I look up to as well. Something coming up that you're excited about. I'm excited about the Lego Mega Library, my first round of library card holders, which are essentially they have they purchase library cards so they get access to everything in the library, which includes monthly phone calls. So we have a monthly phone call coming up at the end of the month and it's uh themed Dia de los Muertos and I'm really excited to mostly just do like face paint (laughs) (laughs) like dress up that is so fun I love it I have blank at my desk always sage and palo santo and a a, I believe this is an onyx some like tower obelisk thing I don't know if I'm using the right word but I always have that here (laughs) Love it. The good energy. Best advice you have ever received? When I first started out, I was talking to another attorney and I just was like, I feel so overwhelmed. Like, I don't know everything that I need to know. And she was like, of course, you don't know everything you need to know. It's called the practice of law because it's a continuing practice. So she really put that into perspective for me that like, even if I today knew everything that a business owner would need to know, the law is going to change in one year. So I, I can't know everything. It's impossible. (laughs) So she made me feel a lot better. Favorite book or podcast that's had an impact on you that you'd want to share? The podcast that I listen to, actually the Goop podcast, because they have such a cool like spiritual aspect to, they combine like the spiritual aspect with science explanations. And so yesterday I was listening to an episode about how uh, like trauma is scientifically passed down from your ancestors and I had always kind of been interested in that but somebody explained it in a scientific way I was like I was just thinking about it like all day so that podcast is cool Ooh, that sounds super interesting I'm gonna have to check it out <laughs> proudest moment in your career so far uh, probably like this month like getting the library launched because I think I had we had like 45 business owners join and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be able to like affect the 
45 different business owners. Like I'm going to be able to help. And I've, and I've worked with lots of business owners along the way, but getting, having people kind of know me and feel comfortable enough that they're like, okay, I need to do something about legal, like getting those people into this space. And again, being able to educate them. I was like, this is so exciting. That is amazing. What an awesome thing. And last one, I'm inspired by blank. I get really inspired by fellow business owners in the online space, just meeting them and seeing like all the cool, awesome things that they're providing and doing like even like I actually really appreciate and respect podcasters because that's something that like I am not I don't think I could do initiating conversation on a daily basis and like being really interesting with it. I'm that's just something that I don't think I could do. So just watching people like start projects, start businesses, like take the leap, I guess is really inspiring to me, especially if I'm able to help my clients and and be part of that process and like watch them grow. That's really fun. So awesome. So you made it through the top 10. You did it. <laughs> that was fun. I like that. Awesome. Thank you. And before we go, where can people follow you? Check out Legal Mega, all the places. I am on Instagram all the time. So my handle is at Legal Mega. That's legal plus M-I-G-A. And then the other Instagram handle for the library is the Legal Mega Library. And then I also have a website because everybody has to have one of those. So you can check that out. It's www.ttmanlaw.com. It's T-T-I-E-M-A-N law.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Taylor. This was so much fun. Thank you. You're awesome. Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. How many of you took notes? Yes, I'm raising my hand too because it was awesome. If anything resonated with you today, please screenshot the episode, upload it to your Instagram story, tell us why you liked it, tag Taylor, tag we're at Working Girl Talk. We would love to hear your feedback and see what you thought of it. And also, if you haven't, please leave a review for the podcast. That helps the podcast so much. And I love seeing your feedback and always want to know what you think. Follow Working Girl Talk on Instagram to stay in the know on everything happening with the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate all of you. And my Friday favorite before we go, because every Friday I do a Friday favorite, something I liked that week. My Friday favorite to share with all of you is a little thing to make you smile. NBC News reported that a French bulldog named Wilbur was elected mayor of a town in Kentucky called Rabbit Hash. So it is the cutest picture ever. Make sure to Google this, Google Dog Mayor Kentucky. So it's the cutest picture ever. And maybe this little town in Kentucky is, maybe they're doing it right. I love to see it. So it's a fun little tradition they have and it's just super cute. So that is my Friday favorite. Hope it makes you smile. Stay safe, stay well, do stuff that makes you happy. Go for a walk, make sure you're drinking tons of water. Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk. I'm your host, Abby Zufelt. I will talk to you next week.